Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and this is episode number 48 of the podcast. Almost episode 49, how ironic. But today we are going to react to Trey Lance's NFL starting debut against the Arizona Cardinals. Going to talk about what he did right, what he did wrong, what happened in the loss, what happened with the defense, and ultimately, what led to this team falling to 2-3 and three on the season under 500 for the first time this year. And first off, I want to give credit to this Niners defense. Coming in, facing the number one offense in the NFL this year, uh, a big task. You have a quarterback that has given this team fits, well, given the entire NFL fits all year, but given this team fits ever since he entered the league, has, I don't want to say dominated the performance uh, against our defense, but has played extremely well against our defense since entering the NFL. And on Sunday, Demeco Ryan's his game plan, his scheme. Well, at times it didn't seem like it was playing out very well. Ultimately, Kyler Murray had his worst start ever against the San Francisco 49ers. Twenty-two for thirty-one. 239 yards through the air, only one touchdown, sacked a couple of times, but again, there could have been a ton more had it not been for a few holding calls that were not called against our defense. A QBR of 32.5 and a quarterback rating of, or excuse me, a rating of 104. On the ground, though, is where I think our focus should be. We knew Kyler Murray has the offensive weapons, right? DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green. The offensive weapons were there. Max Williams was there for at least half the game before leaving with injury. Again, hope he's okay as well. But it looks like that is going to be season-ending for Arizona and Max Williams. But he has the weapons, right? Chase Edmonds did play in this game. James Conner had a touchdown in this game. The weapons were around him to have a successful game against our defense. A defense that, so far this year, has kind of been off and on, but ultimately has been on. I, I wouldn't call them a top 10 defense thus far, but after the performance on Sunday, I think it would be hard not to call them at least the 10th best defense in the league this year so far, despite the injuries they've had, despite maybe still being 2-3, and three, despite maybe struggling late in games, looking at that Green Bay game more specifically, um, but they played well against Seattle, had a couple of sacks against Seattle, a couple of sacks against Arizona, uh, with the Green Bay game kind of being the outlier in regards to points and not being able to generate pressure from the defensive line. But I think what Demeco Ryans did on Sunday, and nothing really in particular stood out. It wasn't like they were scheming any different. It wasn't like they were, at least from what I saw, there wasn't any player like a Jimmy Ward playing down in the box. It just seemed like the Cardinals... I don't, again, I have no idea why, but it just seemed like their offensive game plan was simply, we're going to play conservative football. We're going to run the ball a lot. They had 27 carries on the ground. Uh, Kyler Murray had seven of those, only had one yard. Uh, his average was 0.1 yards. Again, got sacked twice. His longest run was for 10 yards on the day. Again, like, whatever Demeco Ryan schemed up, and kudos goes to the players, too, for executing it, uh, they held Kyler Murray in check. And if you go back a week and listen to the podcast, that was one thing that I had mentioned was the way you're going to beat Arizona 
is you have to win time of possession, play keep away. San Francisco did that. 31 minutes and 54 seconds of time of possession. Arizona only had 28.6. Like, the Niners did everything on Sunday they needed to do to win this football game. And that starts with the defense. Holding this Arizona number one ranked offense in check. Josh Norman, a couple couple penalties in this game cost them big time. Now, if you want to argue, well, one was and one was, that's fine. But again, they ultimately happened. The way I look at it is, the Niners' defense, like it has for, I want to say five games this year. I mean, the, the Detroit game is kind of the outlier in regards to them kind of falling apart late in that game. But... Uh, due to the Verrett injury and kind of the panic that set in. But the next, the the subsequent four games, starting Philadelphia to now, this defense has played really good football. And even in that Green Bay game, don't forget the ending, despite the ending of the awful, you know, blown coverage to Devontae Adams on two passes, they kept us in that game. The majority of it. Up until around the late in the third quarter. Now, this defense has played really well against three really good football teams. And even Philadelphia isn't as bad as they were last year. Like, not having Verrett sucks. Not having a healthy D4, and technically he's healthy, but he's still kind of battling back and trying to limit what he can do defensively because of the injury he had last year. So, let's say a sporadically uh, playable D4, and... You're kind of not generating pressure from the inside consistently enough, which does affect Nick Bosa. Again, holding calls do hurt. But on Sunday against Arizona, uh, all credit needs to go to Demeco Ryans and this defensive unit. They did a phenomenal job holding Green Bay's offense in check. Again, there are certain guys who are just going to eat, right? Like DeAndre Hopkins, six catches, 87 yards, one touchdown. But again, it didn't seem like... Like, throughout the game, six catches is a good number. But it wasn't like they were dominating through the air, which is what we've seen from Arizona week in, week out. Again, this is the number one rated offense in the NFL this year, and San Francisco held them to 17 points and outgained them offensively. Outgained them on the ground. Almost doubled their number on the ground. 94 yards compared to San Francisco's 152. Now, granted, a lot of that goes to Trey Lance. 89 yards uh, on the ground. Great stuff. But, again, kudos has to go to this defense. Great coverage almost all the way around when there was... When it looked like this game was getting out of hand, uh, hand or possibly Arizona could put this game away, despite them ultimately doing so. Dante Johnson, a big turnover... And I, I felt bad because I put on Twitter and I called him, Dante, despite me blowing seven coverages a game, Johnson got the ball back when it mattered most. But that's kind of how it went on Sunday. Like, there wasn't much happening. The offenses couldn't get much going on both sides of the ball. And that, you know, and we'll get into why I think the Niners offense did struggle. And I do think the stories are different. I think that the Niners defense deserves a ton ton of credit for what it did against Arizona. On the ground, they really couldn't do much as of, of, you know, if anything. The only reason why they had one touchdown early was because of Lance's interception. Like, this game could easily still be 
10-10. Or at the rate it was going, San Francisco could have won that game. But again, a lot of what-ifs in this game. This game could have been 3-0 in halftime for all we know. Like, that's how close this game was. Like, a lot of big plays at the red zone. One turnover cost San Francisco early, but they battled back late, kept themselves in this game. But again, the stories are different. The way and the reason San Francisco offense was limited was not the same reason Arizona's was. Arizona's was limited because the defense schemed a good game against Kyler Murray and that offense. The reason why San Francisco's offense was limited, and this is where we're going to get into Trey Lance's debut, is simply because Kyle Shanahan's scheme is not made in its current iteration for Trey Lance. Now, you may have, if you're driving, put the brakes on, said, what the heck? And I, and I get it. Like, that in itself should not be okay to hear. It shouldn't pass your ears and you pass it off. It shouldn't be okay. You drafted this kid number three overall with the intention of him likely taking over at some point this year, and we are going to get into that later. But this game plan was not created for Trey Lance. Look at the plays. And I'm not trying to overreact here. Like, I'm someone who likes to think I'm even keel. I told you this offseason, like, look, I'm not going to buy into the hype of Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I'm not going to tell you Garoppolo's gone. Like, there was so much going on, and I tried to do my best to keep even-keeled, conservative, uh, maybe not conservative, but try to kind of ride that line of, like, maybe it happened, maybe it won't happen. This is what I think will happen. And I think people bought into it so quickly. Oh, it's Fields or nothing. It's Lance or nothing. Garoppolo's gone. He's done. And I didn't buy into that. And that led me down the path to taking Trey Lance. Uh, this is the guy I believe we should have picked. I'm happy they picked Trey Lance. I'm happy he is going to be, if not already is, but big injury news happened today. But I'm happy Trey Lance is on this team. And I truly believe that was the quarterback Kyle Shanahan wanted to take. I truly believe that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan picked the quarterback they believed in the most. I'm not buying into this whole conversation of uh, well, it wasn't Shanahan's guy. Lynch made him take him. They coerced Shanahan into taking him. That's not how these things usually work. Especially with a head coach that has his hands wrapped around the personnel decisions in this front office. What happened on Sunday was, in my opinion, a point-blank indication that Kyle Shanahan was not expecting Trey Lance to have to start in this game. The minute Jimmy Garoppolo went down in or against Seattle, I do think there was a certain point of panic for Kyle Shanahan, not because he doesn't want Trey Lance or Trey Lance isn't his guy, but because I do not believe Kyle Shanahan thinks Trey Lance is ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL at this point in his career. I don't blame him. I am of that same thought process. 
But I do think of the game plan we saw on Sunday against Arizona, Kyle Shanahan talked all week how we're hopeful Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be ready on Sunday. We are hopeful that he can play against the Cardinals. And there's a reason why he did not announce Trey Lance was going to start until Friday, the day they traveled to Arizona. Because he was holding out hope Jimmy Garoppolo could still play. And he designed plays, had a game plan ready for Garoppolo, hoping he could still play against Arizona because I don't believe he thinks Trey Lance is ready to start just yet. If he thought Lance was ready to start despite what we saw against Seattle, which was really good, he would have already been starting. If Kyle Shanahan wanted... Trey Lance to be the starting quarterback of this team, he wouldn't have waited until Friday. He wouldn't have held out hope that Garoppolo was or could eventually start against Arizona had that calf injury healed up more than what it actually did. And the game plan we saw on Sunday, in my opinion, indicated so. Very conservative play calls, a lot of quarterback runs for Lance. A lot of designed quarterback runs for Lance. And I understand George Kittle isn't out there. He's one playmaker down. I get that. But they ran the ball 28 times. That's Shanahan's offense. And I told you last week on the podcast, Shanahan's not going to deviate from his game plan. He's not going to deviate from his style of offense. And he didn't do that on Sunday. You might see a shot down deep here or there. And I think Trey Lance did take a few shots. That first drive, the interception was a deep shot downfield. May have been quote-unquote off schedule. And he should have made that play. It was the right choice to make. And again, you airball certain things. It happens. It leads to a pick. That was the right play to make. He was wide open. Lance just missed him. But going back to the play calling here, look at everything that was played. That like Those play calls were designed for Jimmy Garoppolo outside of the designed runs for Trey Lance. And there's two takeaways you can look at there. One, like I said, that play call was Shanahan hoping Garoppolo could still play and he didn't really have a game plan ready for Trey Lance yet. Or two, this is Kyle Shanahan's offense. And we just have to get used to the fact that Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Nick Mullins, maybe C.J. Beathard, maybe even Brian Hoyer, despite how limited of quarterbacks they are, lack of arm talent, lack of uh, physical presence, lack of running ability, despite those things, that maybe this is just Kyle Shanahan's offense. And because Trey Lance is at the stage of his career in which he is, having not played in 2020, having had a full season 2019, coming off two years of pretty much not playing football. He's not ready to start yet, and Shanahan still believes that, and technically has not built that trust up with him yet. That doesn't mean it won't happen. And I, I'm not hitting the panic button. What? Like, this is not a panic button. This is, this is not sound the alarm. This is, we have to assess where we are right now. 
Lance and Shanahan will eventually develop that chemistry, that trust factor. It took Mahomes and Reed a whole year. It took Rodgers and Mike McCarthy like five seasons. It develops faster with others. It took Belichick and Brady a, like almost a full year. And had not Bledsoe been hurt, we would have never seen him play. Like, there are circumstances that happen in these all-time greats quarterbacks' careers that if this certain event didn't happen, we may not have seen them for an elongated period of time. But in this case, this isn't because Shanahan doesn't like Lance or doesn't believe in him or doesn't like what he sees in practice. Kyle Shanahan has been upfront with his plan the entire time. We're not going to see a two-quarterback system. I'm not going to go into a game having two game plans. And maybe in a year or so, when Lance maybe has a couple more games under his feet, maybe has a, f- a full offseason under his belt, with Shanahan as the quarterback number one in training camp and practices and preseason, and Garoppolo's gone, then I do think we'll see that playbook open up. Maybe it's week 12 or 11 this year when I do think he does take over the offense. But at this point in the season, it's not, like, no, like the, that doesn't happen. You don't go into a game with two different game plans, but I do think that we are seeing, and I, fans were angry with Shanahan after Sunday, and I get it. There, there was a, a lot of conservative play calling in this game, a lot of head-scratching play calls. Fourth and four, Kyle Juszczyk runs the football. And I get it worked against Green Bay or against Seattle. I understand those plays work in those instances. But you have a quarterback that can get you four yards just lying on the ground, like diving forward. Line him up in pistol eye formation, just let him run. Do what you can. But again, that goes back to I do not believe Shanahan designed a game plan for Trey Lance on Sunday because he was holding out hope Garoppolo could play. Listen to how he talked afterwards in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. Nothing has changed. Nothing. We're holding out hope. We're hopeful Garoppolo can be healthy in two weeks to play against Indianapolis. And he may have to now knowing Trey Lance has a left knee sprain and is going to miss... Probably a week, maybe two. Like, Lance may not even be able to see the field against Indianapolis. And that was prior to us even knowing that he was hurt. Or, excuse me, that was prior to even knowing that Shanahan was still hopeful that that Garoppolo could play. Like, they may not have any of their quarterbacks in two weeks. Like, Shanahan was still hopeful Garoppolo could play in two weeks with the indication that Trey Lance was still healthy after playing well against Seattle, after playing well enough against Arizona. Like, they should have won this game. They had plays left on the field, left and right. Dropped passes by receivers, inexcusably dropped passes, a lot of offensive line holding, defensive PIs all over the field. And we'll get into the penalties real quick here. Um, but I do want to stick to this idea that the, uh, this offense right now is not designed for Trey Lance. Because Shanahan and Lynch, the entire offseason, told us it's Jimmy Garoppolo's job 
as a starting quarterback. He is going to be our starter going into this year. For better or for worse, he's our starter. We, we, we believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. They have not been lying to us. And on Sunday, with the game plan, it was another, another example as to where this team is with their quarterback situation. Trey Lance, to Kyle Shanahan, is the backup quarterback. He's nothing more, nothing less in this current state. They do want to groom him to be the franchise guy. They believe he was worth trading up three first-round picks for him. Now, you can argue that, and I even did, I wanted to see more of Trey Lance this Sunday prior to knowing Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't play. And I loved what I saw from Trey Lance. He looked like a rookie, he looked, but he was a baller. He was physical. He had the pocket awareness you want. He was evading guys like Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt. He was hitting guys deep. They just couldn't catch the freaking football. Like, Trey Lance did play well enough to win them this game. They should have won this game. But let's dive into... The, not play-by-play, play, but let's dive into this game more in-depthly here. Um, besides the offense not being designed for Trey Lance, despite this weird game plan Kyle Shanahan was calling where it was just like every single quote-unquote Trey Lance play, so to speak, was an up-the-gut run or a QB draw. Like, there was no let's get the ball into our... And Brian Baldinger kind of broke this down, and I'm kind of taking this take from this, but why aren't we getting the ball into our playmaker's hands? And again, go on Brian Baldinger's uh, Twitter account. Uh, he has a, he has a great breakdown of this. He talks about Debo's running out wide behind the quarterback by himself. The defense doesn't even budge because they know their only focus needs to be Trey Lance. That is a guy that cannot allow them to beat them. They don't think Debo is that big of a threat. And you want to know why they think Debo is not that big of a threat? Kyle Shanahan's offense is not reliant on stars. It's not reliant on these amazing offensive players. Kyle Shanahan believes one player does not make up his offense. We see it with Brandon Ayuk's great rookie season. Travis Benjamin, Mohamed Sanu... Even Trent Sherfield earlier this year getting more snaps than him. Despite his great third down catch against Arizona on Sunday. Despite his arguably game-saving catch against Philadelphia in Week 2. Despite him catching a ball in front of Kyle Shanahan, looking up at him on the sideline and Shanahan pumping his fist. Despite Debo Samuel literally having the second most passing yards in 49ers history through four weeks, right behind Jerry Rice, Kyle Shanahan still does not believe in this star player on offense. This idea of they can plug in any player in running back, that permeates everywhere else. Now, Kyle Shanahan will tell you that it hurts losing someone like George Kittle, but I firmly believe that Kyle Shanahan believes in his system enough where he can win without George Kittle. He did it in 2019 against Arizona at home. Ross Dwelly had two touchdowns. I think there is this point of system arrogance for Kyle Shanahan. And 
I don't want to kind of move out of the way here or kind of get distracted, but this is something I've been preaching for a year. And it's not to disparage this offense or disparage somebody else from not believing this or thinking this beforehand. But if you want to blame Shanahan for Sunday's loss and the uses of Trey Lance, I'm going to ask you to go all the way back to February of 2020, the second day of the second month of the year, in the final game of the season, Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Look back at that game. We saw what Kyle Shanahan was. The arrogance of the system. Go back to the Atlanta game. Passing the ball more times and running it up 28-3. to I don't want to bring up the past here. But those are indicators into what you think is the head coach. And I'm not a head coach. I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not in the game of football currently. But you can see these things from a mile away. And I think people are now starting to accept the fact that maybe Kyle Shanahan, despite the genius he is, is not holier than thou. He's another head coach that has a really good offensive system that maybe he believes in just a little bit too much. And I do think, again, going back to this game plan, it was Kyle Shanahan's game plan trying to insert Trey Lance into it. It was not Kyle Shanahan saying, we have a new quarterback. Let's design plays specifically for him to pass the ball. Let's utilize his arm talent. Let's utilize the read options. This was Kyle Shanahan saying, Lance, you play in my system, not my system is curated towards your skills. That's what Sunday was. And let's look at the offensive line struggles here for a second, because that's one of the big things that people talked about. Well, so many sacks. So many, like This offensive line can't. They're not playing well. Uh, Brunskill and McGlinchey had awful PFF ratings this year. They were in the bottom three of the team per PFF week five against the Cardinals. And I get it. They, had, they did not have good games. And that was a big worry of mine. Because last year, week one, Trent Williams and McGlinchey couldn't block for, you know, SHIT. They couldn't do it. Chandler Jones ate them alive. Week 1, 2020. Now it's week 5, 2021, on a Sunday. You have a whole week to prep for these guys. And holding calls galore, couple sacks against Lances. Again, if Garoppolo was back there, probably about seven sacks. It was just not a pretty game for the offensive line. But, and I do want to shout out my co-worker Evan Giddings. He brought this to my attention because he saw his offense go from Phillip Rivers to Justin Herbert and what that meant for his offense. What that meant for the Chargers offense was this idea that because Trey Lance is so mobile, because this offense, again, is not designed for him, hasn't, this offensive line hasn't seen first team reps with him. They're not used to him scrambling out of the pocket, going left to right, moving as quickly as he is with the defensive line adjusting to where Lance is trying to go so quickly. It then creates panic amongst the offensive line. It then creates kind of this disturbance of, oh, I have you set here. My quarterback's not going to move, a.k.a. Jimmy Garoppolo, to 
this defensive lineman is moving left and right, and he's thrashing around trying to go away because Trey Lance is doing the same thing. And then creates on um, the lineman getting their hands under the guard, under the jersey. And it then creates holding penalties. And Kyle Shanahan admitted this himself. He said, look, not all of those holding penalties are on the offensive line. They're still trying to get used to Trey Lance's quarterbacking and how he moves around in the pocket. Like, the same thing happened with the Chargers. Going from Rivers to Terod Taylor for a couple weeks, then Justin Herbert, there was a difference there. Look at any quarterback change. Smith to Kaepernick. Very similar. They were holding calls because the offensive line was not adjusted to that quarterback yet. And all of this to say, this will come with time. The offensive line will adjust to Trey Lance, but it's fair to criticize the fact that, and again, I will stand next to Jimmy Garoppolo and my take of he did nothing to lose his job in practice, in training camp, and the idea that they have to get Garoppolo ready and give him all these first-team snaps to get him ready for the season, but I do think we may be looking at this idea of Shanahan and Lynch more importantly, Shanahan got themselves in over their head. They're not overwhelmed with the idea of two quarterbacks trying to get ready two quarterbacks each week. But knowing Garoppolo's injury history, and again, sticking by the take of Garoppolo should be the starting quarterback, or at least should have been going into the season, this offense, this scheme, not being designed for him or even really given the chance to get used to his mobility, has hurt this offense. Arguably, it cost them a game on Sunday against Arizona. And that falls simply on coaching. Now, I openly admitted that Kyle Shanahan got out coached against Seattle, got out coached against Green Bay. And Kyle Shanahan did not technically get out coached on Sunday against the Cardinals, he got out coached in preseason. He got out coached in training camp that led to this Sunday's loss. And that's still with me sticking by my take of Jimmy Garoppolo should be this team's starting quarterback, or at least should have been going into the season. And I don't want Shanahan to get fired. That take is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Kyle Shanahan should not be fired. But we're at a point in his tenure where there should no longer be growing pains. This is who you are as a head coach. You had 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020 to have those growing pains. And I can argue 2017, 2018 should have been the end of those growing pains, but 2019 brought on new circumstances that led to some of those needing to continue to happen. But 2019 should have been the end of those growing pains. We understand the tragedy that was the 2020 season. We understand the tragedy that was a 2020 year. How awful it was for every single person that lived in 2020. But we're in 2021 now. We've 
bounced back a little bit. This uh, this team is fairly healthy. And Kyle Shanahan is still experiencing growing pains that are costing this team. You're not going to fire this guy. I don't want him to be fired. He's a good head coach. But there are things, decisions, choices holding him back from being a great head coach. And I'm going to say this right now. Trey Lance is the quarterback Kyle Shanahan needs. Not because Shanahan's a bad coach. Of course not. Because there are things Trey Lance's physical ability can make up for in the flaws in Kyle Shanahan's scheme that Jimmy Garoppolo can't. But I do believe it is time we start giving Jimmy Garoppolo credit instead of blaming him. I understand. Jimmy Garoppolo is the peanut butter and jelly of quarterbacks. He's a solid quarterback. On most Sundays, he will do you good. He will fulfill the need. He will fill your hunger. But come times for the playoffs, you want that chicken club. You want that BLT. That's Trey Lance. And the certain times where Kyle Shanahan struggles in the regular season at quarterback, whether it's week 10 this year, week 11 this year, or week 1 next year, Trey Lance will be ready to make up for the flaws in Shanahan's system that still exist to this day. And I I love this team, the way they're currently constructed. We are not a Super Bowl contender right now. But the way this team is going, the way the flaws continue to happen, the way, to a certain degree, the stubbornness of Kyle Shanahan to move Past the idea of my scheme reigns supreme, my way or the highway. Until that disappears and that bridge breaks, the dam goes down, the walls fall, these issues are going to continue to happen. These struggles we see that frustrate us, one play away, 37 seconds away, one goal line stop away, One goal line, one yard touchdown away from a tie game against Arizona. Until we see those Shanahan flaws, that wall go down, we are going to continue to experience struggles. This is a good NFL team. And I'm not calling Shanahan to be fired. But I think it's time, and many of us that have listened to this podcast that have agreed with me, I do think it's time... That other people, I don't want to say open their eyes because there's not any ignorance towards it. It's just that don't disbelieve in Shanahan because it's Kyle Shanahan. It's Mike Shanahan's kid. What has Kyle Shanahan done to warrant this holier-than-thou mindset? He did not win a Super Bowl with the Falcons. He did not win a Super Bowl in 2019. He's a losing record as a head coach. I love the guy. I want him to be our head coach. He's a genius offensively. But there's a reason why, technically, the label genius and loser are right next to each other when you look up Kyle Shanahan in the dictionary. He's a genius loser. That doesn't make sense. But it continues to happen week by week 
by week. Someone explain that to me because it should not be that way. And I do think Trey Lance can help Kyle Shanahan with that. I do think Lance was the first step in Kyle Shanahan admitting my way was initially wrong or or we need to go somewhere else. And I don't think we're really going to see Kyle Shanahan, again, see those walls fall down and him open everything up until Lance is the full-time starter. Now, we can get into this conversation of did Lance do enough. Now, let's be clear. Trey Lance has a left knee sprain. He could miss this entire bye week and no practice, or he could miss two weeks, three weeks with the left knee sprain. It's not long-term. Trey Lance will play again this year. But if he cannot play against Indianapolis, you have to start Jimmy Garoppolo. That is the easy answer there. And I talked about how last week, because of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, it gave Kyle Shanahan an out. It allowed them to be exonerated from making the decision of, we are going forward with Trey Lance and we're benching Jimmy Garoppolo. No, 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 no. There is no benching taking place. There is a replacing based off of need, not based off of want. I still believe Kyle Shanahan thinks, and is, again, going back to that word, hopeful. In Kyle Shanahan's own words, he's hopeful Jimmy Garoppolo can still be this team's starting quarterback. He's hopeful that calf injury looks better come Sunday or two Sundays from now in Indianapolis, at home, at Levi Stadium, in prime time. Kyle Shanahan does not want Trey Lance to be this team's starting quarterback. Listen to what he says clearly. He has been saying it since the offseason. John Lynch has reiterated it. It's very clear. What happened on Sunday with Trey Lance has nothing to do with Lance. Receivers dropping balls, offensive line struggles, Kyle Shanahan's game plan. It is due, the failure on Sunday is due to a lack of preparation from a coaching staff that neglected the fact their quarterback, their peanut butter and jelly quarterback, which is solid most Sundays, which fulfills you most Sundays, had a pretty good chance of going down at least for a week. And this kid was going to have to play. And that because there was no preparation, it cost them on Sunday. Lance was not a scheme fit on Sunday. He was accurate the majority of the time. Guys drop balls. The same thing that happened in preseason. Now, in preseason, we talked. Lance held on to the ball a little longer than I'd liked him to. He missed guys high. Those rookie mistakes were still there. The game still looked fast to him. But again, the more reps, whether in practice or scout team or in-game, whatever they may be, it will come with time. Lance looked like a superstar that just needed more time to be molded. It was a fine debut. It wasn't great. Definitely wasn't bad. It was in the middle on the fence. Yeah, that wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. 
And to some of you, that may be what you're thinking. Well, that's what we get from Garoppolo week by week by week. But what does Shanahan want? What has he been saying he wants? It's not been, I want to start Trey Lance. If that was the case, it would have been week one, Lance, you're out there. It would have been, hey, Garoppolo, you're still healthy, but we're going with Lance. No, 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 no. It was, Garoppolo, oh crap, you're hurt. Let's see if you can play for an entire week because I really don't want to start Trey Lance. We haven't prepared for Lance to be the starter or holding that hope Garoppolo can still play. And I think this is a perfect example of this and how it cost the team. On third down against Arizona, they had third and 10 four times in that game. Third and 10 plus. So I think at one point it was third and 22, third and 25. That happened four times against Arizona. Here's another one for you. When it was 2nd and 10 plus, so 2nd and 10, 2nd and 12, 2nd and 15, whatever it may be, 2nd and 10 plus, not where you want to be as an offense. That happened 9 times. That is not on Trey Lance. The team on Sunday, the coaching staff on Sunday, Kyle Shanahan on Sunday, is what failed Trey Lance. Is what led what led to a loss. Lance did not. He played well enough to win that game. The veterans have to get used to him in the pocket. His ability to maneuver around in the pocket and escape the pocket, that will come with time. Receivers have to catch the ball. And for the Brandon Ayuk needs to be out there because right now he looks like the only receiver other than Debo Samuel who still had a few drops on Sunday, that can actually catch the ball from Trey Lance. I'm tired of Benjamin. I'm tired of Sanu. Sanu is the fourth receiver. Arguably the fifth receiver. Like, come on now. It should be Debo, Ayuk, Sherfield, Sanu. That's how it should be. Juwan Jennings needs to be active. Especially with George Kittle out. Again, coaching decisions put past your arrogance. I, I I don't care what Ayuk did. Unless it's often we have no idea what it is. But if it's he doesn't know the playbook, and I, I understand you want to get a young player's head right. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you don't want to have a head case out there who thinks he's better than everybody else and doesn't want to learn the game. And there's rumors out there that Ayuk came into the season thinking he got it all figured out. He was Dante Pettis 2.0. I got it all figured out. Had one great year and I got it all figured out. And I understand the want to kind of get those thoughts out of his head. Because I can guarantee Shanahan doesn't want Dante Pettis 2.0 knowing what Ayuk can be. But we see what Ayuk can do Sunday by Sunday by Sunday. He has the ability to be the best pure receiver on this team. I compared him to Derek Mason, a guy who never got any credit for what he did in the NFL, but was a solid, a really good, arguably a great NFL receiver. Not a Hall of Famer, but a guy Sunday by Sunday, day in, day out, contributed 
to a winning organization in Baltimore and Tennessee, Brandon Ayuk can be that, if not more, for Trey Lance. Just like Mason was there for Steve McNair. I'm not comparing Lance to McNair by any means, and again, R.I.P. McNair. Great guy, great person. Sad he's gone. But Lance has his playmakers. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. Sherfield ain't too bad. When you're hitting 70-yard bombs to a guy in preseason, I mean, why ain't he playing more? How come these guys can't get open? And I get Kittle ain't playing. I, look, that's not Lance's fault either. That's no one's fault. Kittle got hurt. It stinks. It sucks. The dude is hurt just as much as Garoppolo is, but the injuries haven't been as severe. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but when the offense is not getting its balls to playmakers, and Kyle Shanahan won't even let, for whatever reason, won't even let one of his top three playmakers on offense even sniff the ball, that's going to cost you. It's not like, again, as far as we know, I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth here, but it's not like he did anything to get in trouble legally. He's still playing week by week. But he's just not getting snaps because he rumored to not know the offense very well. Well, that didn't cost him last year. He had a great year last year. Well, I get it. You know, Devo didn't play the majority of the year. Kiddo was out for an elongated period of time. There was no Garoppolo. Most of missed a lot of time. I get it. He was receiver number one out of default. Just like Trey Lance's quarterback won this past week out of default. He had to be. But it's not like he's... Not like he lit the world on fire last year. He was a solid receiver that showed the building blocks the potential to be a number one guy, number two guy. That's still there. It didn't go anywhere. It's just being neglected and not used. Which again, goes back to coaching. It's frustrating. It frustrates me. It frustrates you. It's aggravating as to why this team is sitting at 2-3 and three right now. 37 seconds away from a win against Green Bay. Well, the defense falls apart. Should have scored earlier in that game. Who controls the offense here? Like, is it Shanahan? And I understand the argument of, well, Shanahan schemes great plays, but the players can't execute. Well, I'm sorry. There was no great plays on Sunday, as far as I can see. The first time Debo Samuel really got the football, what did he do with it? He scored a freaking touchdown! <laughs> like, why are we not feeding our best players day in, day out? People want to argue, well... He doesn't trust Garoppolo and, 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 and too many fourth down stuff. The issue I'm seeing with Kyle Shanahan is, is that every time the fan base, for better or for worse, I'm not complaining there, will say, well, Shanahan doesn't do this. He wants to then prove them wrong. And I don't think he's on Twitter. I hope he's not on Twitter. It's a freaking cesspool of nothing that doesn't deserve the light of day half the time. It's an awful place to be. A lot of people that have platforms that really shouldn't have platforms. That are deceiving people, even in our own fan base, to create division and hate this quarterback and love this quarterback and hate this guy and love this guy. So I hope he's not seeing this stuff. 
But it just seems like we're in this weird funk where it's, I want to prove this fan base wrong. I want to prove this part of the fan base wrong. And that's all speculation, of course, on my end. But don't tell me you don't feel like something's off from Kyle Shanahan. And it does not start with the quarterback. This offense does not start with the quarterback. It never has. Never has. It starts with the head coach, who is also the offensive coordinator, no matter how much Matt McDaniels wants to say he's the OC. He's an assistant to Mr. HCOC Kyle Shanahan. Again, I love Kyle. I want to, like, the ability to win is in there. We saw it in 2019. But genius and loser are right next to his name in the dictionary. It's up to him to change that. Not up to a 21-year-old kid who is getting his feet wet and can't make up for this weird funk he's in currently. Where he's getting out coached two weeks in a row and doesn't have a game plan ready for Trey Lance. And look... I don't want to go down on Kyle Shanahan's road here. This is a a podcast designed to discuss Trey Lance's debut. But unfortunately, the mistakes Kyle Shanahan made in the offseason, in the preseason, and arguably the first four weeks of the year, have clouded and overtaken the conversation of what should have been a celebration point for this fan base, for this team. This should have been... I don't want to say the coronation of Trey Lance as a starter, but had there been a game plan designed for him and maybe designed plays to the playmakers of this team, targeting Debo and Ayuk and and trying to get the run game more involved. I know they ran 28 times, but Mitchell and Sermon, Sermon had what, one, two carries? He played great against Seattle. Why wasn't he giving the ball more? You were running the ball effectively against the worst running defense in the NFL. Again, the more layers you unravel, the more questions you have. That's not how this should go. We're talking more about Kyle Shanahan than the number three overall pick this team traded three first-round draft picks for. What does that tell you as a fan base, as a listener? Whether you're driving home or driving to work or sitting in your house. This, the overall frustration isn't with Lance. And I can guarantee it's not with Garoppolo despite his limitations. It's with Kyle Shanahan because the greatness is inside. He just can't pull it out besides 2019. It's like it came out for a year then went right back into the black hole he has. In his chest, in his brain, whatever it may be. It's somewhere in there. But Kyle Shanahan's decision making has diluted what should have been a point of unity amongst the fan base. Whether you're a Garoppolo stan or a Trey Lance lover or a Lance Pickham dance kind of person, whoever you may be, Sunday should have been a, a uniting point for this fan base of this kid who we love. So much. This kid who we are putting the shoulders of one of the greatest franchises in football history on. In hopes of getting a sixth ring 
after two failed attempts in 20-plus long seasons of garbage and hopes dying out in the final moments has been diluted by a head coach that won't get out of his own way. That being said, we have two weeks to get over it. We have two weeks to move on. Jimmy Garoppolo likely going to be the starting quarterback. Not just because Lance might miss the game due to injury, because that's what Kyle Shanahan seemingly wants. There is no conspiracy here. People on Twitter, he's not hurt. Trey Lance is not hurt. Trey Lance is hurt. Left knee sprain. He's hurt. These these teams are not in the business of faking injuries. It's stupid. It's idiotic. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. That kid ran the ball 16 times on Sunday. He got banged the up. (laughs) He was getting Cam Newton out there, and he's not as big as Cam Newton in regards to bulk. He was taking hits left and right, helmet flying off. Trey Lance is a little banged up after one start. There is no conspiracy. We're not in the X-Files. We're not Alex Jones here. He's hurt. That is a BS narrative you hear on Twitter. Don't believe it. It's dumb and it's stupid. It's actually an ignorant statement to make when a kid is 21 years old and is actually currently going through an injury. We do not take lightly injuries on this team knowing what they've done to this franchise the last year and a half. It's stupid. Garoppolo was hurt. Kittle is hurt. Verrett is hurt. Mozart's hurt. And a fan base that wants to live in a state, in an existing state that wants to call itself progressive, we have guys on Twitter saying, it's all a conspiracy, guys aren't hurt. I hate to break it to you, injuries are a mental health issue sometimes. When athletes get hurt, it hurts their psyche sometimes. Go back and listen to uh, Raheem Mostert or read what him and his wife put out after the announcement came out he's done for the season. Go back and listen to Garoppolo's press conference. You can see the emotion pouring out of him of, I don't know how many times I have to continue to go through this. It's annoying, it's frustrating. These guys put in their lives into this stuff. Don't belittle it on Twitter because you want to make content. It's stupid. It's arrogant. You don't know better than these coaches and this training staff. Than these players. Trey Lance is hurt. And unfortunately, we may have to see Sudfeld. (laughs) We, We won't. Garoppolo should play in two weeks in prime time to force Buckner quote-unquote revenge game. Maybe we can get guys back. Hopefully get healthy and get back on the right track. Be 3-3 three and three in week seven. Right the wrongs we've made. Maybe a, two weeks to prep can help this team become more explosive. George Kittle is on IR. He will miss next week, I guess in two weeks really, against the Colts. Hopes to return week 8. If we can get healthy again, get the offense flowing again, get back to 49er running play-action style football if Garoppolo's in. And if Garoppolo isn't in, maybe Trey Lance is also healthy. Design a game plan around this precious talent that we have. The golden egg. This Lamborghini. This baked chicken club sandwich from Subway. Design the offense around him, if need be. 
But let's get back to winning 49er football. Frustrating week, frustrating loss. Let's cool our heels. Let's calm our jets. Take a deep breath. If you watch Anger Man and Me, it's goose, blah, blah. It's a great thing. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Drink some water. If you want to get some alcohol, drink some alcohol. We're going to be fine. Frustrations come. It's just about getting, this team at least, getting out of their own way. That's all they got to do. The points will start going. The defense will continue to grow under Demeco Ryans in his first year, which has looked great so far, despite a few flashes of struggles. Kudos to him. Niners are 2-3 and three going into the bye week. Going to be a very interesting week in the NFL. Going to be a fun week. And I cannot wait for the Colts game in two weeks. Levi Stadium, primetime football with DeForest Buckner for the first time back in technically Santa Clara, but back in front of the red and gold, the faithful for the first time. Give him a loud cheer. And stay tuned for the preview podcast of that game. Probably in a week or so, going to talk about that Colts Niners game. Going to preview. And again, if you want to know who the starting quarterback's going to be, Week 7 against the Colts. You want to know if Trey Lance is healthy. Any updates on this team. You're going to want to follow us on social media. Instagram. 49ers.access. Twitter. 49ers underscore access. You are not going to want to miss a thing. So go ahead and hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. DM me. Follow. Let's talk about this team. Talk about our love for this franchise. Talk about maybe our frustrations with this team so far don't forget to like share subscribe leave a review on this podcast this has been the 49er access podcast my name is Sterling Bennett and until next time go San Francisco Giants let's beat these freaking Dodgers let's beat LA and for the Niner fans stay faithful